Trends in technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the cutting edge of cannabis. I'm your host, Ellis Smith. And today we'll be speaking with David Tran and James Zahodny from Fairchild, which is an all-inclusive event production and marketing platform. You may recognize David and James as they are the founders of the publication Dope Magazine. David and James, it's great to have you on the show. How are you doing today? We're doing great. How are you? Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to have you guys on. It's Friday, so appreciate you guys getting on early so we can knock this out. Um, pretty excited to have you guys on. You guys are kind of legends in the cannabis space with Dope Magazine, so great to have you guys on and learn about your new venture. So, Learning more about your background, you guys have an interesting uh, um, kind of history of how you got into uh, this new venture now. And so you guys have entertainment industry background leading up to starting Dope Magazine in 2011. You guys had a tremendous run uh, with, with that magazine up until 2018 where you sold at the high times. By the way, congratulations. That's a, that was a huge opportunity and just great to see you guys do that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, we met each other 20 years ago and... We actually bartended with each other, uh, you know, so we always had history in the hospitality industry and we've always worked with each other, uh, you know, as we started building nightclubs and entertainment and, you know, uh, it led us to Dope Magazine and, uh, you know, in new industry and it's been uh, very exciting. So it's almost kind of coming full circle now. This was your, your history before you got into the magazine game. And uh, now that you've got this kind of sold, you've got this new venture starting. It looks like you're going to be launching an MJ BizCon this year in Vegas. So pretty cool to see. So why this new venture? Tell me about Fairchild. You know, what do you guys do? And it looks like it's kind of coming full circle, but tell us more about it. Yeah, we, you know, with our history and uh, events, we definitely didn't want to, uh, you know, leave that behind when we um, you know, decided to start a new company. So it kind of made natural sense to kind of dip into the event world a little bit heavier than we were. Even with Dope Magazine, you know, we're, st we're still a media platform first. So we definitely uh, saw the opportunity, and especially within the cannabis industry, because there's a um, lot of opportunity to get more um, events out there and to definitely uh, do them at a high level like we always like to do. So it was more about just kind of seeing an opening right now and, and understanding what, what the industry needs um, as from an insider's point of view. We did so many events that we really just kind of, you know, wanted to kind of fix a problem a little bit, but then also, you know, offer our services to other people as well. So that being said, is it a service? Is it a software? I've kind of been reading uh, some of your press releases and I'd like to learn a little more about what is the, the, the offering and is it, is it multi-segmented? Yeah, it is. And um, we'll talk about two parts. The, the first part, which is kind of, you know, happening as we speak is uh, event production and kind of being the, you know, the, the people who can put events on for other clients and also produce our own events as well. So with Fairchild, you know, we want it to be a full kind of 360 event platform because the other half is the technology side, which is um, currently being built, but that's going to be the uh, platform for ticketing for marketing services you know other things like being able to find venues that are um, cannabis friendly you know things like that that help solve problems for event producers within the cannabis industry so a nice platform where they can you know use it to you know host their tickets which is always an issue sometimes with other platforms that deny you know cannabis related events because of federal banking issues and and whatnot so um it's kind of a 
we call it an event platform is the best way to describe it because we offer multiple services. Okay. And where are your, are your first projects going to be launched? If you don't mind me asking, I'd love to see, you know, how, how our audience and myself can learn, learn more about some of these uh, events that you will be putting on. Where can we find them and what kind of uh, events will they be? Well, we kind of, uh, it kind of runs the gamut between uh, events that we produce for our clients and events that we produce ourselves. But, uh, you know, for our clients, for example, we just did one a couple weeks ago with uh, Wick and Mortar, which is a branding company out of Seattle. And uh, they did their big 10-year anniversary, so they uh, brought Fairchild on to produce their event for them. Um, and that was, you know, something we did for clients. But our own events, something we're doing like at MJ Biz is obviously the biggest one coming up. Um, we do that on Thursday, December 12th, and that's going to be, uh, you know, kind of our big introduction of Fairchild to the cannabis industry specifically. Um, so just kind of keeping up with our social media. We do have, you know, email newsletters that we're putting out. But for now, just kind of keeping your eyeballs on us through social is the best way to kind of know the upcoming uh, projects we have. Now, we know these Vegas events sometimes. You got to know somebody to know somebody to get in these things. How <laughs> How is that going to be knowing that you're kind of pivoting and really getting into the sector specifically and really wanting to open the doors for everybody to see kind of guys what you offer? So what's well, that going to look like for us? Well, we're very fortunate to, you know, build the golden ticket party with Dope Magazine for the last few years. And, you know, as MJ Biz got bigger, uh, the parties began to get bigger and uh, swankier. And now there's so many different options. So, uh, you know, for us, it's, you know, a great party is always about putting the right people in the room. And, uh, you know, we're going to have 1,200, uh, you know, leaders and, uh, you know, tastemakers in, in the room so we could celebrate their accomplishments and really ultimately trying to get people connected and, uh, you know, to do business. You know, I love it when I hear that people have met business partners that have met at our events or, you know, even going back to the bar day where, you know, people actually, you know, ended up getting married. So, you know, connections are uh, one of just just the utmost important for, uh, you know, what we do. I love to hear the passion. You guys are, are really obviously um, it, it is kind of coming full circle knowing how you guys originally met. So with that being said, is there is there a lot of passion going into this, uh, knowing that you are coming full circle and really trying to do something different. I mean, who, who, who's your competition out there? Who are you up against? Well, we're just so fortunate to be able to spend eight years learning about the industry, meeting people, uh, building a real network. And, you know, through that process, you know, uh, it's really exciting to build a brand new company because you've learned so many lessons. You've made so many mistakes. And, uh, you know, that's what we're really passionate about is trying to, you know, run this company uh, you know, lean and uh, really build something, uh, you know, really powerful. So uh, it's super exciting. You know, when we look at other comp competitors, we have people that are doing it, but, you know, we're, you know, we love the industry. We, we want to build uh, opportunities uh, beyond just the tools so that people can really market their events too. And that's what we've done with Dope is really built the network so that everyone could share in the ecosystem. Okay. And uh, are you guys having any issues with some of these other social media platforms, as we know, and they're not all friendly to cannabis and where you, by hosting through your site, does that give us and any, any customer working with you, the ability to not be worried about being shut down and having a, a good platform to stand behind, or are there some concerns on your part to have to deal with that through some of these social media platforms? 
Well, platforms, you know, we all know the issues with Google and Facebook and all those guys. And, you know, there's it's just being savvy and smart about how you market yourselves. We're going to be our own marketing platform as well. But, you know, we're obviously you know not quite there with uh, catching up to Facebook, but we'll definitely have uh, tools available to uh, producers to utilize from our platform alone. So they don't have to just rely on, you know, the Googles and Facebooks of the world, which are always a pain as far as cannabis marketing goes. So, um, you know, we, we try to solve problems with our platform. You know, we can't solve them all, but I think uh, any savvy marketer kind of knows, um, you know, where to sort of put energy when they're pushing their events out. And we're just giving them one more tool, we think. Well, I think that's great. And this is what, you know, really brings credibility to the marketplace. So, so folks are trying to break in or do these events, you're going to give them a safe access to, you know, ensure they get the reach of their company issues and just ensuring that that confidence and trust uh, that is needed so they can have a successful event. I think that, that's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, is, is there competition? Who are you up against? Who's out there? Well, I think you have your traditional uh, places where you would go and write Ticketmaster, uh, you know, they, they, but they, uh, again, don't necessarily support the community. We feel like this is a perfect time to build something that really is specific for the industry. And I believe there's a, a, another platform that, you know, is cannabis related, but you know, the truth is we need more tools. The industry needs more tools so that they could succeed. And, you know, we've, we're business owners ourselves. So, uh, you know, sometimes it's nice to be able to have a roadmap where we didn't have one when we started building our cannabis company before, but it's just so amazing to see that different people are building just wonderful solutions so that, you know, people could succeed. And ultimately that is the important part. If we want the industry itself to succeed, we need to be able to make sure that there are tools for the uh, entrepreneurs to do their work. Guys, I want to take a break for a few minutes and we come back. I want to dive in a little deeper with some regulation and the social consumption aspect of what's happening and changing in our industry. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart. Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the US. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com.
the National Cannabis Industry Association's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference takes place October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com and take part in the only industry trade show focusing solely on the California market hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's California Cannabis Business Conference brings together thousands of cannabis industry leaders, policymakers, and entrepreneurs to discuss California-specific regulations, market trends, policy, advocacy, and research. The California Cannabis Business Conference will also feature over 60,000 square feet of expo floor, showcasing over 200 exhibitors. Make your plans now for NCIA's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference, October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. That's CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on CannabisRadio.com. I'm Ella Smith, and I'm here with uh, David and James from Fairchild. And guys, I appreciate you coming on again today. I have, have I want to dive deeper now uh, and really understand as our social use is really coming into play in the public's eye, and there's a lot of regulation preventing you know, events to really come on board as you guys are stepping into doing this nationally, how fragmented is each state going into that will limit you what you can do? And is that a big challenge for you? Yeah, this has always been the challenge for any event producer in cannabis specifically. I always joked around and said, if you can throw a party in the cannabis industry, you can throw a party anywhere because it's challenging as far as, uh, you know, weaving through all the regulations. And again, you're, you're correct. It's fragmented. It's it's same issues we all face with just cannabis in general it's state by state uh rules and rules have to kind of become a master of so uh for us yeah really kind of understanding what we can do and where we can do it at and then you know there's obviously some states that are making it easier you know california you know bless a you know, bunch of different venues with the ability to have sales and whatnot of cannabis but definitely you know we find in other states still massive challenges. Yeah, and compliance is everything. You know, for us, in order for us to advance our industry, we must to, uh, you know, self-regulate ourselves and make sure that we're playing within the rules. Right? And I think that's important, you know, that we work hand in hand with, 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 with the other side. And, uh, you know, this will allow people that own venues and, uh, you know, other things that I've been really hesitant to, you know, touch cannabis. Uh, feel a little more comfortable. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've had, you know, so many events where, you know, the whole task force comes in, the fire department, the police department, the liquor control board, and the best thing that can ever happen is for them to walk out, shake your hand and say, you know what, this is all good. And they could walk away and everyone could continue uh, being very responsible. Uh, you know, we call it responsible extravagance, you know, where we could still go out there and we could consume, but it's more about experimenting safely and, uh, you know, sharing in uh, our passion. Well, it's, it's, I'm ready to see where I can go to some type of wine type festival or beer event type festival, but it's cannabis centric. You know, it's one thing to go to a high times event uh, and these types of things, but to really go to a street event that's lined out like you go to these beer festivals. I mean, we've got one every other week and it seems like here in Colorado, I mean, there's just so many micro things going on and you know, I've, I've looked at how to get into that game and explored it with some folks who have experience in this and it is just uh, too much red tape to get through. Are you guys 
helping with lobbying efforts? Are you going into some of these cities or states and trying to progress these uh, rules and regulations? What role do you play in that? Well, you know, all we can do is be, you know, good stewards of our industry and try to, you know, obviously explain, you know, where we're coming from, our different regulatory bodies. Um, we have done some forms of lobbying, um, nothing formally, yet, especially in our state of Washington, because nothing's even came up um, as far as, you know, actual bill to uh, adjust. Currently have. But I think what right now it's, you know, we're, we're speaking on different panels around the, you know, around the country. We're definitely uh, speaking on the bigger event panels, too, now. And they actually have cannabis as a topic now, which is awesome. So we're lending our time and energy to give our knowledge and, you know, background there as well to help sort of push the conversation forward. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a matter of also, again, working hand in hand with the regulators, you know, down in Vegas. We talked to uh, Tick uh, Seagerbloom and, you know, just talking to him. I mean, everyone is encouraged to find a way that we can consume cannabis safely uh, in venues and and different ways. And they want to make that happen. You know, also sat down with Pete Holmes the uh, attorney general in Washington, and he is lobbying very hard for that. So all we do is pay support to them. And in the meantime, make sure that we're very compliant and that we work hand in hand. You know, right now is not time to, you know, uh, you know, go off on rogue and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, do our own thing. It's about working together now to try to uh, eventually normal this so the point where, you know, we can safely go to a festival that's just cannabis. And it's amazing to see like Lowell's here in Los Angeles, uh, you know, con- having their first, you know, consuming and eating and other companies like Ionic who is putting on dinners, you know, uh, and bringing on people outside the industry. So there are a lot of efforts, and a lot of companies that know that the pathway to normalization is be able to uh, create these type of experiences where, uh, you know, that's where we're really excited about our platform. We, we're going to be able to see how the industry starts to evolve from that point of view. And, uh, you know, we were excited to be hand in hand with them. So you mean to tell me you've got people that are supporting this from a political standpoint that are open and willing to have these conversations, willing to work with you in the community to really develop the, you know, a safe way to have these events because we get a lot of pushback in a lot of communities. We see this and a lot of people are very open about um, their opinion, we'll call it. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited and encouraged uh, to hear that you guys are getting some support, but if you could, you know, are you seeing that? Are you getting some pushback to what, what, what is it? What are you really seeing out there? Well, I think you're always going to get pushback from, uh, uh, from, from folks, but the more and more we put on compliant events and, and, and able to kind of showcase that the more and more people can get out of their head that this is a really unsafe uh, thing. In fact, if you've ever been to a cannabis event, you know what I mean? I don't think I've ever seen any sort of argument pushing. I think there's more hugging and kissing than uh, anything uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when these things happen. So. And in Seattle, too, we're kind of in this, uh, we, we had this, lucky enough to have this legacy of Hemp Fest um, that kind of really opened up the gates for, you know, people to see what a, a large-scale cannabis event could could look like and, and, and what it was, you know, for and how, you know, peaceful those events are. And it's something that we've been lucky enough to sort of piggyback off of in Seattle specifically when we started throwing the Dope Cups and the other uh, larger events that we did was, you know, that the city was a little bit educated already on the fact that cannabis aren't this awful, you know, experience. So we, it kind of helped usher us in a little bit more by having these legacy events that were, were there, you know, many decades before we started. I mean, really, it's it just it boils down to leading by example, you know, following the rules and regs, working with the stakeholders that are involved. 
and really showing the community, all, all stakeholders in the community that we're not going to rape and pillage everybody. We're not going to, you know, steal from the poor and <laughs> give to the rich and all these crazy things. It, you know, it really is just trying to, as you put it earlier, normalize this. And um, like you said, you may, you're not going to see fights. You're not going to see that. You're going to see a more empathetic community coming together. And prime example, I've spent a lot of time in Canada working in, in Toronto. You can go to these uh, social use uh, places to consume cannabis. And while you're walking to these places, you walk past bars and bouncers, you know, standing outside these big muscle heads with their arms crossed trying to bring you in to, to drink, but they scare you just standing there. But when you walk to the cannabis place and walk up there, Where's the bouncer? Where's that type of situation happening? It's not there. And I think there's a, a big misconception that we've got to overcome through education and through leading by example to really expose who we are as a community. We're not all, all that bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we feel cannabis people are just people. But, you know, I also think furthermore, they're just cooler. You know, they believe in freedom. They believe in being able to experiment and, you know, be open to you know, this type of conversation. So uh, again, it's a, a long ways to go from it. But, you know, the more and more that, you know, we can, you know, again, all of ourselves self-police ourselves, right? We're, we're representing a whole industry. So it's very important. We, we, we take that responsibility very seriously. And, uh, you know, through our events, you know, we want to make sure that we express that. So this whole normalization thing, it is a big, a big component here. Is are there any form of education going on through your website about this or when you guys are hosting events to really break down these barriers and help kind of, you know, reduce that stigma as, you know, you're going to probably have community members come out. They're going to want to see the event, even though they may not participate from the consumption side. But is, is there any of that element or what are you what are you doing to help kind of break down those barriers? You know, I think the events themselves are the sort of, you know, way for us to show. And, and we are very, you know, open about having people come to our events, you know, no matter what industry they're from. And we, we try to invite in and be inclusive of our community to make sure that they see our events too, that they're, we're not hidden in the shadows, you know, trying to throw these secret, uh, you, know, you know, smoke sessions and stuff like that. We, our events are very, you know, public facing and we do take a risk by doing that because, you know, there are still the, the issues that can run, you can run into, but I think overall just showing people and giving them an example of what a, a you know positive you know event could look like in the cannabis industry and we also have to remember that you know events just don't mean consuming and partying events also means expos learning expos getting investors together and building uh, you know uh, you know so there are different type of events that are very uh, to me educational uh, that we'll, you know we look to you know get involved with and you know we're getting calls from all these other emerging states you know, looking for that expertise and looking for that credibility because that's really it. You know, you start throwing events in Oklahoma and all these other places. There's a real appetite, but there's not enough trust uh, yet. But, uh, you know, big companies like NCIA and CWCBE, uh, they're really putting together, you know, putting the work together and, you know, really, uh, you know, again, kind of go through the door first. Uh, you know, no one wants to throw a first event places, but, uh, you know, uh, some people have to do it. You know, some people have to pioneer that. I right, hold that thought. We need to take another break. and we come back, I want to dive in. I kind of pigeonhole you guys on this. We're really focusing on the social consumption side, but I want to go back and explore with you guys more on the things outside of the consumption side, like you said, with these investor relations types of things. So uh, hold tight. We'll be right back. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. One, two, one. 
fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room and Tom said, man, I'm really one toke over the line. I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Oh, lady marijuana llama, tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge at, that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Cutting Edge of Cannabis now continues only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We're speaking with James and David from Fairchild. Uh, if you could, you know, we, were, we as I said, I kind of pigeonholed us really kind of going into the social consumption part and that aspect of what your services are. And you kind of made a good point of this. That's not all of what you guys do. So I want to pivot a little bit and learn about some of those other aspects that we guys do that's not all about the celebration of the plant and smoking it and consuming it in that manner as I know that's a great aspect of your business but what is the other side of it well there's just so many different demographics to the cannabis industry and while you know celebrating the plant is one of them I mean there are different purposes you know there's a lot of business and a lot of economics going on in the background people trying to connect with people and ultimately if we talk about just like the simple basic to me foundation of connecting people People are trying to connect with the right people. So to me on a professional level, um, you know, the expos, you know, working hand in hand with them, trying to give them ticketing options and also ultimately at the end, you know, giving them the marketing channel uh, to be able to do that. And, you know, our hopes are to work with all the expos, work with all the, the you know, some of the, the, the gathering spots like uh, to me on the rubble in New York and 
Canna Gather here in California, they're groups that, you know, continue to bring people together under uh, education. And, uh, you know, I love that. Like on the Revel, they'll have like a, a, a panel just for technology. And then they'll have one if you want to figure out how to find a job. And these are the type of things that, 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 that to me, we want to continue to support because they're really important aspects of the industry and solutions for people who really, again, uh, luckily enough, don't have to go through what we had to go through and kind of learn it as we, you know, went here. Now there is a little more of a roadmap. There are a lot more tools. Our job is to facilitate that and make sure that they do what they do really great so that we can make sure that our platform does something special for them. What obstacles do you foresee as you start this business? What do you think there's going to be speed bumps? I don't want to call them roadblocks. I like to call them speed bumps because we know all businesses will encounter these. What are some of those obstacles that you kind of anticipate encountering here? I guess we're kind of already talking about them. I mean, the regulatory stuff is obviously top, top of mind just because, you know, those are the things that can detrimentally affect you in a sense if you don't do it correctly but again just spending the time and, and really kind of digging in to understand these things it's, it's really crucial and we you know when we started doing events with dope you know eight years ago I think we, we produced our first uh, dope event it was you know literally just you know you, there is no roadmap there is no playbook it's just sort of do your best to sort of decipher what you have in front of you and make sure that you can you know, stand behind the choices you make when you're producing these events. So the roadblocks really come just from being such a new industry and again, not having the tools that say, you know, beer and wine people have, you can go and pull a permit and you know, do a wine festival. It's not that tricky, but for us, it's really just kind of understanding the, you know, regulations in each and every market and including, you know, digitally online too, which is something that, you know, we have to also be masters of as well for the marketing aspects. And, and we're also trying to really educate companies to understand like marketing also you know marketing is a, a very important part in, in some of these emerging uh, states uh, you know to be competitive in the future and it's not like we don't have a crystal ball but we have watched you know Washington Oregon and a lot of other states uh, you know uh, transition from medical to recreational and how important it is to you know stand out in a very competitive industry so part of the education part for us is to explain to uh, and educate different companies to, to know what their options are and to know that, you know, uh, events is a very powerful marketing tool uh, that they could utilize to their advantage to grow their business. Where do you see yourself in two years? What do you guys expect to be doing in two years? Um, you know, well, obviously, hopefully everything is up and, um, you know, going well for what we've currently created. We're, you know, we're very, uh, you know, affluent in kind of looking at new uh, ways to continue to grow business. So there might be, you know, extensions to what we're currently doing with Fairchild. But I definitely think, you know, obviously producing more of our own events um, as we grow as a brand, because we think it's important to be a brand, it's, especially in this tech, uh, tech arm of this industry, is to have a brand to stand behind. So continue to grow the brand. Maybe we add a few new uh, Fairchild events. Hopefully uh, some things we can give back to the community as well. Um, and that's kind of what I see. Where do you see yourself in five to seven years is the idea to do the same thing you did with Dope Magazine and to um, cash in, which was a brilliant idea, or is it to still just maintain that passion behind your entertainment backgrounds and to really build this up? And if something happens like that and someone wants to write you a check, you're all about it. But where's, what do you think? I hate to put that out yeah. there, but you got to ask the question. Well, you realize now, you know, after building, you know, startups, you, you know, you always, you know, you've never done it before, so it was, it was the first time. But now we've gone through that process. We understand, you know, uh, and we do have all the resources and, uh, 
you know, as the industry goes. So I, you know, we look, we, you know, for us, we don't, we, we don't set a plan. Everyone, you know, for us, it is, is, is always important, but we want to make sure that we're building the value. Uh, that's the only way that it's valuable to someone else. So we still got a lot of work to do, but you know, we're builders and we love building. Uh, we have no doubt that this will continue to be something that we'll want to stay in because canvas is such a passion and what are we doing i get to talk about this every day i'm pretty darn excited every day and you know my wife and kids push me house and they know that i'm doing something that i absolutely love and i care about and you know there's still more people to touch there's still more people to help uh we're not going anywhere with that being said any closing words well check us out you know fairchild.com uh, uh, we just look forward to the Vegas launch and, you know, of course you guys are invited to come as our personal guest, and, uh, you know, we look to really continue to help continue to connect and, uh, you know, if there's anything that we could do for event producers, that's great. And we also look to put together really great experiences for, uh, the uh, community also. And, uh, uh, we're excited to be on here. We appreciate you, uh, having us on. David Tran. James Ahodney from Fairchild, greatly appreciate you guys jumping on today. Thanks for joining us for this edition of The Cutting Edge of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and very soon on iHeartRadio. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.